The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Revisiting our top story, Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is done for the season with a shoulder injury. And as we take a look at Sunday's game against the Steelers on BetMGM, the Browns are now two-point favorites. This number has been coming down. The total is 34 and a half. That also has been plummeting. So again, as we revisit this game and maybe even some futures bets, Joe, what stands out to you? Imagine if the trade deadline still didn't happen and then Cleveland is mm. desperate to land a quarterback. What would they be doing? Where where would the Vikings be right now? Does any does the record change at all in any way if it's Cousins? I mean, it's just probably not, right? We assume that that would not be the case, that he doesn't throw up a complete dud. Um, that stands out to me, and they still owe picks. They still owe picks for Watson. Just I wonder how long it's going to take before they really feel that. They're not feeling it because everything else is built up so strong in that organization. They're not feeling it at the moment. And they thought they got their over the top move in Watson and they were wrong because he's been terrible. It's not, it's now two years. It's over for two years in now. And does this mean in three years from now, they're going to feel it all missing all these draft picks or, or what I'm, I'm thinking about the health of the organization. Like when could they move on? Well, you need picks to move on. Need to be, be be able to have you have to have money to move on. I that's what I'm thinking about. Like, is it going to click click in year three? I don't know, but I know we're dealing with the microbe this year. I keep wondering how Deshaun Watson just fell off a cliff. I mean, we've seen flashes of the old version, but is it sim as simple as he missed that time? Is it mental? Is it just? a combination of things i assume it's just weird you know he was so dominant and so good and the browns looked like geniuses at the time and it just has not worked maybe it's karma i have no idea what's going on it might <laughs> it, stuff like this would make you believe in something like that i mean honestly yeah. mm -hmm. he was yeah. a legitimate mm -hmm. top five quarterback he's not past his prime like what is going is it the coaching 
is it the, the you don't have great receivers, but you know, I mean, just there's talent everywhere. Even with injuries on the offensive line, the offensive line has still been pretty good. Well, and I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, like what was it last season when he was only playing half the year? Like he was playing from under center a good bit more instead of from shotgun when he did that in Houston. And so that is a big adjustment for a quarterback. The offense really wasn't designed for him. So that certainly was more designed for Jacoby Brissett. And that actually worked out okay. Not so much as far as the record was concerned, but the offense moved a good bit better under Brissett than it did Deshaun Watson. So I think part of it was coaching, play design, all of those things. The Browns have released a statement saying that he should be ready, Deshaun Watson, for the 2024 season. My question is, how healthy is he going to be going forward? Like, was he healthy to begin with? Like, I know he played through a different injury against the Ravens, so that's a big question. Now we have shoulder concerns. We have all sorts of concerns about Deshaun Watson for next year. Now, it's possible that because this defense is playing so well and they could very well make the playoffs – that this saves Kevin Stefanski's job. I mean, could you imagine if, say, everybody were healthy and the Browns failed to make the playoffs? Like, oh, yes, Stefanski would be gone in that situation. And that, and there was very much a realistic path for that. But as far as the health of the organization is concerned, I look at this and go, all right, what kind of quarterback are you going to have next year? Is he so brittle to the point where you can't rely on him? You're paying him all this money, you're kind of stuck with him at this point. But then also, too, at least Stefanski does have this out, you would think, so that he could at least be there for next season. And as we've seen time and time again, head coaching consistency tends to be a good thing. Don't fire your head coach unless you absolutely positively have to. So there are good things and bad things in the Browns' direction going forward. So it will be fascinating to see how this season's outcome affects next season as far as expectations are concerned, but definitely uh, they should be tempered. So let's move on now because uh, one of the bigger spreads in week 11 involves the Raiders and the Dolphins. Uh, This spread was at Miami minus 10. It is now currently at 12 on BetMGM with a total of 46 and a half. And I'll be honest, Joe, it's hard for me to find a reason why there's been a whole lot of line movement. Maybe you can shed some light on that. But yeah, Dolphins really, really good. The Raiders, debatably bad, I guess. What do you think? Yeah, people are realizing, okay, it's been a nice story with the Raiders and what's going on. But look at the, the opponents that they've played here. I mean, yeah. I... The thing is, the Dolphins have been so great at home. I mean, that not that a big part of it? That you look at their, their wins. Double digits, uh, they beat Carolina by three scores. Uh, what, 15-point win against the Giants. The Broncos, they won by 50. It's still alarming when you look at it. But, yeah, that happened this year. And the Broncos are actually trending up right now. I think that's just what it is. Like, okay, Vegas has to go cross-country. McDaniel's been scheming stuff up for a couple of weeks. Everybody got some some rest. And if we see something that is amazing on a week-to-week basis offensively, imagine what we're going to see with this extra time to prepare against an awful defense. I think that's the, that's the thinking there. The 10 was just short. 
Yeah, and speaking of defense, the Miami defense has been playing better, and I think a rookie mm-hmm. quarterback is going to struggle against Vic Fangio's defense. And I'm I love this Raiders story. I come from a big family of Raiders fans. It's a great story, but you got to pick and choose your <laughs> spots. And I'm not sure this is one where I will be lining up to put my money on the Raiders. Chiefs next week. <laughs> <laughs> Are you suggesting the Raiders are going to (laughs) we're going to regress to the mean? Is that what you're anticipating when it comes to the Raiders? Uh, What's the mean with the Steelers? What's what's the mean Raiders for the Raiders? Yeah, Uh, you know, six seven wins, I guess. I mean, although one or two more wins rest of the year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So they have like seven games left, right? They're five and five right now. Seven games left. If they go one and six, or let's say two and five. They finish seven and ten. Aren't they kind of exceeding expectations there? I mean, to me, that's yeah. terrible as far as what we thought. Yeah. When you fire your coach, you're probably supposed to have th- three to five wins. That's the expectation. And right. If you somehow get to seven, like you're barely below five hundred in the in a great division. It's still a great division. So, yeah, I would say you're exceeding expectations. Sure. And okay, if you go seven and ten. Does Pierce keep the job? So that would be four and five under him. Mm-hmm. Is that his job? I I don't think so. I, I don't think no. so. I mean, it, it's almost like a Colt situation where it's sort of a, a, a placeholder more than anything else. But I mean, if the Raiders are that flush with cash, I got to feel like they're going to go after another big name or, or a you know hot commodity coordinator or something like that. I don't think Pierce quite, quite fits that description, Aaron. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I mean, I think they like him. Yeah, I I do too. I do too. And he's got this swag. He's from Compton. He just kind of fits the part. Yeah. What's the number reason? Number one reason you're you're keeping Antonio Pierce? He's from Compton. No, I just think that like there is this vibe against anyone with the Raiders organization. They're just built a little different. And Max Crosby said as much. And I think Antonio Pierce kind of fits the Raiders brand over there. What? Okay, so we've got uh, the Dolphins coming off a bye. But just playing devil's advocate, can the Raiders cover this big spread? How much stock are you putting into the fact that the Dolphins haven't beaten a team with a winning record? Does that come into play? Is there a chance the Las Vegas surprises us and covers this number? Well, the Raiders don't have a winning record, so they're not like a, mm-hmm. among the good opponents. They're among the reality is they're among the poor opponents. They did just fire their coach for a reason. And yeah, they're coming together and this is the best version of the Raiders that we've seen all season so far. Yeah, they could. There's always that chance um in the nfl i mean it's the great equalizer but i you're miami might be one of my picks this week i expect mm-hmm. them to demolish them Smash. the raiders yeah especially if that rushing attack for miami is healthy again those outside runs have been absolutely devastating mm. to opponents so you add that to an already fantastic passing attack where we don't really trust this Raiders passing defense to begin with, especially with the short, quick throws uh, that Tua has been known for this year. 12 does sound like a lot, but when you're playing a high-tempo kind of game that we're expecting, 12 wouldn't take a whole lot to cover. Like, you know, like a, a 48-34 kind of a game, 
That means Miami covers. Now, it's really high scoring. I'm not expecting that. But there are a lot of different paths where Miami may not look really, really dominant, but they cover the 12. So that's what probably it, kind of how I see this uh, playing out. I, I think the more likely cover, we'll see what the number is, the more likely cover is against Kansas City, just how the teams are built. And the, the Raiders want to run the ball 30 times a game, and that's where the Chiefs defense does struggle a little bit, and that, that will be a monster number. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Yeah. And, and Kansas City doesn't cover spreads a whole lot, so that, that definitely no. makes a whole lot of sense. How about we move on to the Bears and the Lions? And it looks like Justin Fields is back for Chicago, but it's the Lions who are nine-point favorites. It was at 10 for a little bit. Total has moved Mm -hmm. up all the way to 47.5. It was at 45 at one point. Joe, what do you make of the quarterback situation affecting things? Yeah, it looks like it's nine across the board from what I'm seeing. So it's come down a little bit with Fields. This should not be shocking to anyone. I think Fields could have played last Thursday against Carolina, but the Bears just decided let's just give him let's just give him another week and a half here because we have the time uh, after that Thursday game against Carolina. We can probably beat Carolina with Bajent, and they did just that because the Panthers are so god awful. Um, yeah, no, I mean divisional matchup. We touched double digits before we got word that Fields is returning. So I find it to be fascinating. This is the first time that they're playing this season. So of the Bears' next three games, they're going to be facing them twice because there's a bye mixed in there after next week. But um, it certainly feels like that's a lot of points. That is a lot. I I am tempted uh, to take Chicago and Fields' first game back. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus stuff gosh this is a tough one i lean lions here i just think that they seem to be clicking on all cylinders and maybe fields will be a little rusty so my early thought is i think the lions will destroy the bears justin fields destroy sorry the bears are awful in the division they're awful in the division bears are now at a point where they don't need to be worrying about tanking I wonder if that matters uh, at the end of the day. Like, all right, let's roll out the good plays uh, in a game like this. It is also a divisional game. So what does that mean as far as maybe uh, playing the under 47 and a half? I probably like that a little bit more. You know, this Lions defense has uh, impressed me on a variety of fronts. 
I could see this being a lower scoring game despite fields returning. Like he might be taking off a good bit more, maybe, maybe more run plays to where we have a much faster game. So that's probably the play that I'll like more than anything else. You know, wait to see. But under 47 and a half, that might be what I like the most. Uh, as far as other line movements, Joe, for week 11, what stands out to you? Uh, people are jumping on San Francisco. That's uh, gone up a little bit. We're sitting at 12, I believe, against Tampa Bay. Interesting, Tampa Bay off a very comfortable win against Tennessee, but it's more about the San Francisco side. And, okay, they're back. Let's go. We're, we're all back on board, so let's bet into that number. Curious where that goes. It opened 10.5, and, and now we're out to 12. San Francisco uh, sitting back at home. That's going to be – it's going to be tough. Um, look, we know what Tampa Bay is defensively. They're, they stopped the run. So this is a Purdy game. If you believe in Purdy, then you're willing to back San Francisco. And if you're fading him, maybe you're going to take all those points in the end. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay cannot run the ball at all. So you're, you're asking that defense, stop Baker. That's that's what it comes down to. And that does feel like a lot, guys. I'm sorry. I, I could not lay 12 in this one. Could you? Yeah. I'm with you. I think maybe the Bucks rushing defense will help them stay in this game a little bit. It is a big number. I don't have a strong opinion just yet. I mean, I think now that the Niners are healthier, they are, you know, a formidable team. I was on the wrong side of that last week. I just I don't have a play yet on this one. I'm not quite. I gotta I gotta think about it. But it's a lot of points. It's coming down though, isn't it? Isn't it like ten and a half, eleven and a half? I thought. Oh, did it come back down? Uh, I see eleven 12. and a half now. I bet MGM. Yeah. Okay, so it's come down there. Yeah. Okay. One ten and a half. <laughs> on Vegas, 12. I see twelves. So we'll see. Um, and then and then also one one other one. There's Rams money coming in. So we're getting our first injury report of the week today, but that would suggest that Matthew Stafford's going to be back in their divisional matchup against Seattle. We know how week one turned out that way. So that also might be uh, impacting how we look at that game going forward. This is Beckwell Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Brad Spielberger and his thoughts on Deshaun Watson's season-ending injury. That's right here on the Beckwell Network.